0: say together, together. Uh, we believe that happens in small groups of people. So if you want more information about small groups, uh, you can head over to guest services and there'll be a volunteer there to answer any questions you might have. You can also comment groups on the live stream if you're watching online today. Uh, another thing too, we believe that everyone has been given unique uh, gifts and abilities to serve God's kingdom and uh, we've got some opportunities available for you to serve and we need your help. Uh, The two areas that we really need help with right now are Journey Kids volunteers as well as the tech booth. Uh, We need volunteers in those two areas specifically, but um, if you want to help in other areas, maybe that's not for you. We do have more things available because, trust me, we will put you to work. (laughs) We will let you help us. We could use that a lot. Head over to Guest Services if you have any questions about serving and being a volunteer today. Uh, Winter Jam is next week. It is coming up very fast, and uh, I'm excited to go see Crowder. He's got this new song out called Grave Robber, and if y'all haven't heard it, y- y'all thought Good God Almighty was good, that song is awesome, so I'm excited to see it live. I've got 25 people on my list so far that we're going to take uh, to Winter Jam uh, next Sunday, so we're going to meet here at the church around 3.30 next Sunday, and tickets are just 15 bucks at the door. So if you want to go, uh, this is the last call before next week. Uh, tickets are 15 bucks. See me after service if you'd like to go with our group. Journey Students is having uh, the big game watch party Sunday, February 11th, starting at 6. Uh, we'll be catering raising canes for that. And if you're a 6th or 12th grader, I encourage you, it's going to be more than just football. Uh, the Super Bowl commercials are always really good and funny, and uh, we're going to be playing commercial bingo during that, too. So... Join us for a fun night with uh, games and food for that. And also, Journey Students, we started something this past week. Uh, Journey Students now has a texting service. So if you're a 6th through 12th grader or a parent or guardian, you can text the word JOIN to 833-963-6111. And uh, when you do, it'll ask you a couple questions just to uh, state your name so we know who you are. And then after that, you should receive updates and announcements about Journey students throughout the year um, as I put those out there. It's a really cool thing, and it does work. (laughs) It does work. I confirmed with my parents and students this past week, and uh, I'm excited for it. So if you're a Journey student or if you are a Journey parent or guardian with a 6th or 12th grader, 833-963-6111. Text that word JOIN. Uh, Do what it says, and you should be in. Say in. All right, now let's get to our outreaches. Uh, we did get another tub. So the next the next thing you know to do is fill that one up so we can get another tub. Uh, we've got throws and newspapers filled in these black tubs over here for our local animal shelter outreach. We are taking these up until February 4th, and we will drop those off uh, later that week. So you can bring those in, drop them in that other tub, and if we have to go get another one, that'd be awesome. That means you all are giving. Uh, it's great to see one full already. That's awesome. And like we said, if we have been cold over the past couple of weeks, our animals are surely cold as well at these shelters. So anything you can do to help, that would be awesome. We're collecting until February 4th. Another thing happening February 4th is we are putting together valentines for our local nursing homes. But this is going to happen in class with Journey Kids. So February 4th, they're going to be putting together these goodie bags with candy and valentines. And uh, they're going to be signing them. Uh, from journey kids and we will take those the week before valentine's day to our two nursing homes parkside and shady lawn so a couple ways you can help you can bring in candy and valentine's if you're a journey kids parent and you can just send it back with them uh, before class time and we have a place back there to store those and uh, we will get them in assembly line style so they're ready for the workforce when they get older and uh, we'll do that on february 4th so help us with that a really cool thing that we like to do every year Now y'all thought last week's message was a hot topic, this one might be worse, (laughs) just warning you up here. Last week we talked about uh, sex and physical boundaries, Uh, this week we're talking about something that might hurt our pride a little bit more, talking about the M word. Let's go ahead and get started.
1: All right, guys. Here we go. I, uh, I'm going to talk about the M word in just a minute, but uh, let me get you started. Uh, I, I don't know if you got fuel in your truck, if you got diesel this morning, or you got uh, you know groceries in your cabinet. There's some uh, there's some cereal over there on the coffee bar, and uh, if you didn't have cornflakes, grab a box. Say, grab a box. Heck, it's not a steak dinner, but we'll help you with some cornflakes, so grab a box on the way out the door. If anything good happens in your life, if your classes in college are going really well, if, if your treatment seems to be helping at all, if you're back today and you haven't been at Journey for a while because you had some treatment, if anything good happens in life, it's because of Jesus. Amen? And if it hadn't happened yet, Don't give up. God's working on it. He really is. And so my word for 2024 was wisdom. And I decided that when we got ready to flip the calendar to a brand new year, and what do I want to talk about? What's really going to help anybody? Where in the Bible can I go? And that's how we ended up in Proverbs because Proverbs tells us, chapter 1, verse 7, that Fearing God, loving God, respecting God, revering God, listening to God it all starts with God. Say God? That's where wisdom and knowledge begins. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. So pick God first. that's where you've got to start, and I hope you've already gotten there. I hope you already put God first on your list. For 2024, like, okay, God, you're going to get more of me, more of my mind, more of my thoughts, more of my heart, more of my time, talent, treasure. I hope you've already gotten there. And then I gave you some ideas so far about what God's really after. He doesn't just want part of you. He wants all of you. Say, all of me? So I started kind of getting nosy. And you didn't like everything I was being nosy about, but it's in Proverbs. Pick God first put him at the head of the table, make him your priority in 2024, pick better friends. Get rid of some of the friends you got. They're not really friends anyway. That's what it says. Choose and pick better words. Don't let something come out of your mouth that you're going to regret later. Watch what you're saying. And in the Big S word last weekend we said, and and when it comes to men and women and our relationships, the big S word, have better boundaries in your physical relationships that God will honor. Pick better boundaries when it comes to the physical relationships that we share together, and God will bless you. And if you had not gotten there yet, he He's uh, still working on it, and he'll give you the strength and courage to get there, whatever you need to do. So Brian said the M word might be harder to talk about than the S word. Money might be more tough for us to listen to than the sex talk. So let me set it up this way. I said this last night. If this doesn't leave you feeling better than when you came in here, this is not the kind of... Randy, this is not the kind of vibe that's going to make you go out thinking, man, churches, all they talk about is money, 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 money. They just want my money. This isn't that kind of talk, Randy, so just relax. It's not like that. Say, relax? Yeah, come on. It's not like that. I I want you to feel like, like, yeah, I get it. He's right. That's what it says in the Bible. And even though I haven't gotten there yet, God's going to help me, and he's working on this M thing, my money. So let me illustrate it before I get into Proverbs. I'm an author. I'm writing a book. It's going to be published. Matter of fact, my wife is as well. She and I both are writing a book. And it will be published. And we're writing a book of our life stories that we want to share and pass down to our kids and grandkids, a legacy to leave behind. There is a website, storyworth.com that we've received as a Christmas gift from our kids. And they said, Mom, Dad, won't you write down a few things that you've learned in life so that we'll remember them and we can share them with the kids, our kids, and your grandkids and great-grandkids. And so Connie got started last year and I got started this year. And we're writing a book to share with our kids. Let me tell you about one of my chapters. I got a chapter that's going in my book. And it's called Ministry and Dentistry. Are you curious? Say amen. I have a pediatric dentist friend. We say, Keith, brother, love to see you. I'm going to get back to San Antonio and I'm going to look you up. My buddy in San Antonio, South Texas. Pediatric dentist was with me in my church in Midland, Texas. And he, uh, he discovered that preachers live on uh, paycheck to paycheck too. And he discovered that I didn't have dental care. And he discovered that uh, I'd like to have some. And so he helped me out. He said, come on in. I'll, I'll help you out. And as I got acquainted with my dentist, I found out that he and I had a lot of things in common. And he and I have talked about this a lot. My dentist friend, and I have a lot of things, dentistry and ministry. My, my dentist friend, he doesn't have any agenda except he wants me to look better with pretty teeth that are straight. and I can smile and you guys not winch like, man, that guy's missing a front tooth. Like he wants me to look pretty if I'm going to talk to you all all the time. So he said, come on in here. I want to help you out. I want to make you look better. Say, Better? He's working on it. I might need to see him again. But I'm just saying, he was working on it. And his motive was to make me look better. And so every time I'd go see my dentist, he'd hand me something that your dentist hands you before you walk away. It's a new toothbrush and some toothpaste. and says, now go use it. Now, you know, why does he do that? Is he getting kick, kickbacks from the toothpaste company and is he getting money, you know, under the table from the guys that make the toothbrushes? No, he just wants to help you. He wants to make you look better. He wants to he wants to make your health better because there's an enemy in your mouth, cavities. Say cavities? And it'll ruin your health, ruin your smile. So how does this all go with ministry and dentistry? We're going to read a passage of scripture in just a minute. And you're going to discover that money is like cavities. Money in your heart tastes like sugar and honey. This so sweet. And your dentist says if you don't quit eating all that sugar, you're going to have fillings on both sides and you're going to lose teeth. And I'm going to have to yank one out. And we're like, man, I don't know if I can quit because I love sugar so much. But your dentist cares about you so much, he's going to try to help you. And so God loves us so much, he's going to give us a talk about the M word, money. Because that money word, the M word, if you don't get it straightened out, it's like cavities that your dentist is trying to help you with, but you're not listening. It will ruin your teeth and money in your heart that isn't straightened out will ruin your heart. Say amen. Ministry and dentistry. I'll give you a glimpse of the chapter when I get the book written. All right? Say amen. At least the part about ministry and dentistry. I think it's pretty good and I hope you get it this morning. We're going to look at Proverbs and I'm going to talk to you about, talk to you about this M word and it's the truth. Pick God. Pick better friends. Pick better words. Pick healthy boundaries between men and women. And pick better healthy heart investments with your money. You have to trust the dentist if you're going to sit down in the chair. Say, trust. If that dentist makes me squeal, I ain't going back to that guy again. Man, that hurts. If you have a bad experience in the dentist chair, you ain't going back. So some of us have some bad memories with dentists and some of you have bad memories at churches and it felt like all they wanted was your money and they didn't really care about you. God cares about you. And I promise you, if this message sounds like I'm just interested in your money and that's what I'm talking about, I'll buy you lunch today. If this is not the kind of vibe that makes you feel better, and gives you some motivation to brush your teeth and floss your teeth now and then and listen to your dentist who says you got to quit eating all that sugar and take care of those teeth because they don't last forever. If this message doesn't make you talk about and think about your heart and where your money gets messed up in your heart sometimes like cavities, I'll I'll buy you a meal today. You just tap me on the shoulder and say, preacher, I didn't even like what you said. You owe me a meal. All right, I'll buy you one. Say amen. amen? Deal? I'll do it. Let's read it. Here is what the Bible says about our finances and our money and, and, and how things get tangled up like I went to the dentist and he gave me good advice, but I haven't practiced it. I should. Matthew chapter 6 says nobody can serve two masters. So let me shine just a little light on that little verse and I'm going to read the rest of it. Nobody can serve two. Like sugar and, you know, cavities. And either you're going to do one or the other, like get my teeth healthy and me get healthy. It's You can't do both. You can't like, I'm going to just try to do both. You're going to have to do one or the other. And so the Bible tells us you can't have two girlfriends and two boyfriends. You can't have two treasures. Pick God first. Got to start there. It's a no-brainer. Pick God. Pick better friends. Pick better words. Pick better healthy boundaries. Pick better healthy investment with your money, your M-word. The truth is the Bible tells us that God's biggest competition for our hearts is the M-word in money. Write that down. You might think it's something else. Like I work too much or I'm always gone or I never get enough sleep or I don't know. But honest to goodness, the Bible says that the biggest competition for God in our heart is our stuff. So I'm fixing to walk you through some stuff here that's in the Bible that you're going to have to think about. You only get one true love who's first and number one and the Bible says pick God first and the rest of the stuff works out but if you don't pick God first it's like getting cavities and you should have stopped eating and you should have brushed more and you should have listened so let's read it let's read the rest of Matthew chapter 6 before I jump in here show you some things in Proverbs Jesus said Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, like cavities. Too much funds gonna run your heart. Too much playing around's gonna run your heart. Too much, too much, too much stuff's gonna mess you up like cavities. And I should have listened. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves. Treasures in heaven pick God first where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where where your treasure is that's where you're really that's really where your heart's gonna be. Verse twenty-four jump down there. No one can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve both God and money. Money, 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 money. Money is is a personal pronoun, and this is a personal talk, and I'm trying my best to make you smile a little bit, and I'm trying to illustrate it in such a way that you think about how you are so reluctant to go see your dentist. I don't want to go see the dentist. I know I ought to. But nobody likes to take that trip, but you really need it because it's going to make you live longer, make your overall health better, make you smile better. All those things make good logic and good sense, but we have to be disciplined to go see our dentist, and you've got to be disciplined with your money to listen to God, what he says about your heart. It's the truth. Everybody thinks if I just had a little bit more, then I could do what you're talking about, preacher. If I just had a little bit more. Research says the millionaire living in the America today, a person who already has a million dollars, says that if I had seven million, I could feel like a millionaire. You're never going to get where you're trying to go with enough sugar and enough money and enough stuff. If I had a newer bike, if I had a bigger farm, If I had a better tractor, if I had a prettier face, if I had hair on top of my head, I don't know what it is that you're missing. Say, missing? (laughs) You're missing something. And we think the answer is in getting something, stuff. And truth is, that's not going to work. Not really. Pick God first. And seek God first in his kingdom and his righteousness and all this other stuff that we enjoy and like it it comes to us in God's good timing. Say amen. Yeah, that's the truth. So here we go. Here's the truth about money, the M word, the talk in Proverbs. Write this down. It is never about the money, but it's always about the heart. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Solomon came up with. That's what Jesus taught also. The message paraphrase says you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Yep. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. Yep, I like sugar so much, I'm just going to eat it anyway. You can't worship God in money. Jesus says it's a conflict of interest. It's just never going to work. Money, it's always about the heart. It's the one big principle in the Bible that is hard to talk about, but it's the truth about everything. It's your heart. You're never going to pick better friends until you get your heart straightened out. You're never gonna pick better words until you get your heart straightened out. You're never gonna pick better relationships between men and women and the S-word sex until you get God straightened out in your heart. You're never gonna pick out how to invest your treasure with God first until you get your heart straightened out. It's God first. Say amen. amen. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, you need to go see the dentist. You got a crooked smile. Come on, go see the dentist. But Everybody can tell us that, but it's really tough for us to do that. But we have to decide this one big principle is that we get this money thing right and that we can establish God as the number one priority in our heart, not just for money, but for everything. And so this one big principle that I'm describing works. Write this down. Honor God with your wealth by giving to God first. That's that's where you're trying to get to. <laughs> All of us. That's where we're trying to get to honor God by giving to God first. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of your paycheck, Buster, not the leftovers of whatever you got in your pocket this morning. Honor God with your wealth. How do you do that? Give to God first. Honor God with your wealth with first fruits of your crops. Remember the little video, I I told this last night, but I did a video several years ago, and I could have shown it now to just take more time, but it's got a picture of all these people in a big long table, it's about 20 foot long, and it's like a business office, white table, and they all got on suits, and it's men and women, and they're modern people, and Jesus walks in the door, and it looks like Jesus, he's got, you know, he's barefoot, he's got on a long, long robe, and so everybody knows he's got to be, this is Jesus, here comes Jesus, but Jesus is carrying a pizza in his hand, a big pizza box in his hand. He brought the pizza to the meeting at, at work. You know, Jesus brought the pizza, and he lays it down on the table, and they start to slide the pizza box down the table. Everybody takes a slice. About 20 people around the table, and they're all taking a slice down this row and across this way and back up this way, and everybody got a slice, and it comes back to Jesus last. You know what Jesus got? Nothing left. And that's what we're doing when our heart's not right. When this kind of, I like stuff. I like stuff like I like sugar. And when we don't start with God first and give Him the box first and give Him the paycheck first and give Him off the top first, it slides back around to Him and there's nothing in it for Him. Ain't going to work. And that's the problem. And that's what Proverbs talks about. It doesn't matter if you got a little bit of money or you got a whole lot of money. you got to give him part of that and should start with him. Whether you're making minimum wage or you're already a millionaire, you've got to start with God. You've got to bring honor to God with your wealth, your talent, your treasure, your time, not just your pocket change, not just your little jingle. You gotta give him the first slice of the pizza, first donut out of the box. It's the truth. The M word. It's always been that way. Way back in the beginning, in the book of beginnings in Genesis, Cain and Abel. Two guys in the first family with Adam and Eve. An argument breaks out. First family right out of the box. First two people that God creates and the first two boys in the house. And wouldn't you know it. An argument breaks out and what are they arguing about? The M word. Money of all things. One guy brought his first and his best. That was Abel. And the other guy brought the leftovers. And that was Cain from his checkbook. One honors God and the other doesn't. And that's where the trouble started in that family. And maybe you're thinking right now as I'm telling this little story, Preacher, what's the big deal? Write this down if you're taking notes. If you care, the big deal with our wealth is it's not the money. It's about our heart and our priorities. If you can't get this cleared up, you're going to have struggles for a long time. Something has to be first, and God says that needs to be me. And Jesus j- just kept saying that. That I just quoted that a moment ago, Matthew chapter six: Seek first God in His kingdom and His righteousness. Seek God first. Make him your priority. And all these other things that you enjoy, vacations to warm places and the beach, you can still get there. But make sure that God is your priority. All the other goodies and gadgets that we like, spring break, technology upgrades, dining out, expensive food, concerts, iTunes, music stuff, cars, trucks, bikes, trains, travel, all kinds of good stuff. Grab this idea. Give away your money to God first. Be generous to God first. That's the guiding principle in the Bible. And then the rub, the rub for most of us who really struggle with this, like going to the dentist, is this attitude that most of us have. Say attitude. Don't tell me to go to the dentist. I don't want to go to the dentist. and I don't want to go to the dentist. I'm not going to go to the dentist. So don't talk about my money. It's my money. It's none of your business. We're, we're very private and independent, we think. And somebody starts giving you personal advice about, like, you might, might ought to go check that tooth out because I think you've got a cavity today. And it's just going to get worse if you don't get somebody to take a look at it. So we say, I don't want to go. Say, I don't want to go. Because we're stubborn and we're independent and we're all people. And so that's where the rub comes. And listening to a story and a talk like this, I say it's mine. I earned it. And so I should be able to do as I please with my money. And we make this distinction with our money by labeling it so we'll feel better. What do you mean, preacher? What do you mean? Yes, we do. You put it in your billfold in little places and fold it up. You put it in your checkbook with little places that have names that go where it's supposed to go. And so we handle it in little categories like my gift money and my car payment money and my house rent money and my birthday money and my paycheck money and my fun money. and my You are nodding your heads like, yeah, I do. I do that. My serious money. And we try to put it in these little categories that makes us feel better. The trouble is, God says, wait a minute, not so fast. God says all money is God's money. That's just one big label. It's all his. So if you read again in the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 8, where Moses reminds the Israelites, your life got a lot better once you got out of Egypt and you weren't slaves anymore, you got a new job. You got a new house. You got a truck to drive now. You're not walking to work, man. Your life got better when God got working on your life. Say amen. Always does. If anything good happens in life, it's from Jesus. So, and if it hadn't happened yet, don't give up on Him because He's still working on it. I'm just telling you, and. We're all just people. And so in the Bible and all those people in the Old Testament, man, they were miserable. And some of you have been miserable. Like, I don't even like myself. The cat won't even talk to me no more. I'm telling you, I'm a mess. Say, a mess? Life gets that way. We just get nuts. It's like we're looking at it like, man, look at that big old jam. Look at that jam cake! I could eat the whole thing, and we know we can't eat it and shouldn't eat it, and but I'm going to eat it anyway. And I mean, we just convince ourselves to go for it. And the dinner said, "Cut back, man! Cut back!" And so, sugar takes over. Our addictions take over. I got to have another drink. I got to have another joint. I got to have another something. And it just runs away, and and so we struggle. And it's 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 this thing I'm talking about here that when. God's working with us and He's working honest, and sometimes we get better. And some of you really are better. There's some great stories in this room. Some of you are in recovery and still recover. Heck, we're all recovering. Say amen. Ain't nobody going to ever get over that. We're all recovering. We're all in recovery from something of ourselves. We're our own biggest problem is ourselves. And we're in this recovery, and God's working on that. Man, this, I'm excited that I can tell you that there's progress being made in this room, and the people online, they're getting better too. We're all getting better, but what happens is when we start getting better, we've, we begin to forget, we have amnesia about who made it possible. God. Because <laughs> that's what the Israelites did. I don't like being a slave. I don't like making bricks with without straw. I don't like this. I don't like living in Egypt. So God said, Moses, go down there and get them all out of there. Let's take them to the promised land. And he did. Finally, they got there. But they forgot how they got there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. You go buy another car. You go buy another truck. You ain't paid the last one off. But you went and got another one. Well, what are you doing with the pizza box? Did you start with God before you went and did that? But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his love relationship with you. He really does love you. Billy Graham was right. For God so loved the world, he loves you. Surely not. Yes, he does. God loves you not based upon how much money you put in a bucket. Even if you never put a nickel in anybody's bucket, he's going to love you anyway. God just loves people, period. It's the truth. But he loves you so much, he wants wants you to have the best heart you can have. Like your dentist. He wants you to have the healthiest teeth that you can have. God's not in it for some kind of kickback. He doesn't need the money. But he wants you to have a better heart. And he'll work with you. But if you're not careful, you'll forget how you got better. So the Israelites did the same thing. They forgot the promise of God, which He swore to all of their family in the past and swore to them today, is what it says. They were no longer slaves under Pharaoh's oppression, they weren't having to pay taxes to Caesar in Rome, in the New Testament. Ananias and Sapphira forgot about how God had made them able to grow wealth and end up lying about their money to the church. It wasn't a good idea. It's easy for us to think that we control all our income, that we paid our dues, but ownership of our resources is skewed by our culture, and it is a bad idea. It's like people who are telling you that if you don't want to go to the dentist, you don't have to go to the dentist. You need to get straightened out with how you handle your treasure, your money, the M-word. And it's God who enables us to earn a living. So out of our gratitude and out of our love, we ought to make sure that he gets the first piece out of the pizza box every day. Say amen? All right, that's good enough. I'm just saying you guys got it. It's out of gratitude we give back to the one who makes it all possible, makes our life possible. If you're still alive, it's because God's keeping you here and you still got a marble in the jar and you haven't used your last mar- marble. That's That's the truth. So we ought to be grateful and happy that I'm still here. The problem with most of us who live in America today is we don't realize how blessed we already are. We're already rich. You're already in the 4% club. Yeah. 96% of the people who live in the world are living on less than $35,000 annual income. Now, some of you don't make $35,000, but a lot of you in this room do. Already have passed that many times. You, you're in the 4% club, and you're thinking like the millionaire who says, I need $7 million to really feel like a millionaire. So, that's a problem. It's all mine. I think we all get that. So let me finish this lesson. Pick God first. Pick God first. Pick better friends, better words, better boundaries between men and women. Make sure you're married and you do it God's way and have a wonderful sex life that God will honor. Make sure, just follow the book and do it like God says and then, when it comes to your money, make sure that you make investments that are healthy where God is your priority and pick God first. If you got a dollar, give him a dime. If all you got's a dollar in your pocket, give him a dime. Say so give him a dime. Start with God though, give him the dime before you spend the dollar. Whatever you got. Whether you're a pauper or you're a rich man, start with God. And here's number two. The there is an expected result for handling our money like going to the dentist. There is something you can look forward to. Like I'm not going to have any more pain anymore. I'm not going to feel guilty anymore. I'm not going to be embarrassed anymore. If you'll just do it God's way. So back, jump back in here. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Verse 10. And then if you do it God's way, make God your priority. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You'll have more than you can imagine if you'll just listen to God's principle for how to manage. I know it doesn't make sense, but it is a promise, and it's God's promise. Write this down when it comes to If you'll make God and establish God as your priority with all your income before taxes, before you pay anything else, if you'll make him your priority, write this down. You will have more than you need. I didn't say you'll have what you want, but you will have more than you actually need. It's not about giving God more of your money so God gets rich. He doesn't need your money. He's not getting a kickback. He wants your heart. And there are really some of you that are poor right now in this room, and some of you listening. There are some of you who are below the poverty line, and you're just living barely above the water. And we're trying to help you. And like I said, there's there's cornflakes on the coffee bar over there, and if that cornflakes runs out, we'll find some more. We'll help you. We don't want anybody hungry. And some of you are hungry. Some of you come here. And you're, we're glad you're here. And we do want to help. But even if you're hungry and only have a few coins, start with God and give him the pennies that you can. Start there. Whoever we are. And we'll all work together. And God will work with us. And it really is. It's it's not about rich and poor. It's about our heart. that We begin with God. And uh, I hope that helps. Hope that you can see that we're all looking for the same thing. We're looking for a little peace. I need some peace of mind. Man, I'm going, I'm stressed out. Why is that? Why is it that you're so stressed out? Has it got anything to do with the M word? Probably it probably goes all the way back to the thing I started with, picking God first. Is he really your priority? No, I mean really. In all this stuff I'm talking about, with your friends and your words and your relationship when nobody else is around and where you do spend your resources, who gets the first piece of the pie, Bible promises that we'll have peace with or without wealth, whichever it is that you have, if we make God first. You'll have peace that passes all understanding if you'll choose God and make him your priority. It's all over the Bible if you'll just give God a chance. Remember Elijah and Elijah was in a bad hurt and he goes to see a widow and she's in a worse hurt that she and her son are about to die. Matter of fact they were going to die that night. The famine and the flour and the oil were gone except for the last biscuit in the cabinet. And God told Elijah you tell that widow lady to trust me. And Elijah you trust me. And tell her to give that biscuit to you. her last biscuit, and she did. And for three and a half years, until the drought ended, the oil and the flour never ran out. How does God do that? I can't explain it, but he does. Remember the five loaves and the two fishes that fed five thousands and had 12 basketfuls left over? Jesus was speaking and talking, and the sun got... To going down, and everybody got nervous and said, what are we going to do? It's dark here. Where are we going to get something to eat? There's no McDonald's. And Jesus said, just go ask and see what we got. And they came back and said, we only got two fish and five loaves. You can't feed 5,000 people. said, Jesus, bring it here. Jesus said, bring it here. It's in the Bible. If you make God your priority, remember David the shepherd boy with a rock in his hand versus Goliath the nine-foot-tall bad guy? Some of you are fighting cancer. Like Goliath. Like, dude, I hate you. I hate you, Goliath. Your big mouth, all the people that you've killed, cancer, whatever it is, whatever your illness, drug addiction, alcohol. Man, some of us feel like David, a little shepherd boy, and all we got is a rock in our hand. But God can do anything, and he can take the giant down. Say amen? Yeah, yeah. Make God first. Noah builds a boat in the wilderness. It's never rained on earth before. Why do I need a boat, God? (laughs) So he builds a boat for 120 years in a place that's never rained. Would you do that? Probably not. Nobody else in the world did except eight people. Eight people's only people got on the boat because they did it God's way. Jesus was dead on Friday, dead and On a cross and put in a grave. But he wouldn't stay dead because God can do anything. And on Sunday, he's alive. He ain't dead no more. God can do anything. What are you thinking that God can't take care of your money problems? What are you thinking that God can't take care of your addiction? What are you thinking that God can't take care of your doubts? What are you thinking? Where is your heart? I'm serious. Make God your priority with whatever your problem. God's bigger than your problem, amen? Whatever it is that you're battling with, that you can't sleep, you got insomnia, you got your your mind wanders and you're thinking about all kinds of stuff you have no business thinking about, whatever it is, just trust God more and you will have peace that passes understanding and you'll sleep better at night. He doesn't promise to make you wealthy. He promises to always be with us. That's the promise. You got it mixed up. Somebody, somebody told you somewhere that God promised that you'd be wealthy if you went to church. That's a lie. That's not true. God does not promise that you're going to be wealthy. He promises I'll be with you always until you're dead. And if, when you die, you're not going to stay dead. I will raise you too like Jesus, my son who was raised. And that's where the peace comes from, not money. If you're trying to find peace with just your money and having wisdom to spend your money on things that you enjoy, you're never going to have the peace you're looking for. Write this down. There are consequences for not making priorities with your wealth. If you don't get your heart straightened out like cavities, you're going to regret it. Man, you're going to wish you went and saw the dentist. You're going to wish you went and went to detox. Or you're going to wish that you went and got a job. Or you're going to wish that you cleaned out the closet and got rid of all that junk. Or you changed some of the friends that are really not your friends. You're going to regret it. There are consequences for not making priorities with our wealth. And Israel, the people of God in the Old Testament, came back from exile and slavery. And they totally forgot God had set them free. Let me read it. Haggai chapter 1 in the message paraphrase take a good hard look at your life think it over so before we get to communion here I'm trying to wrap this up before I get to the bottom line this is your chance to think through this about the M word and what in the world is this boy talking about take a good hard look at your life right now everybody online you better slide in a little closer lean in a little closer don't leave yet You spend a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you are always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, and you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted-out bucket, that's what. That's why God of the angel army says... Take a good look. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. Verse 8, then God said, here's what I want you to do in making me your priority number one. Climb into the hills. Go up Go up the hills. Cut some timber. Bring it down and rebuild my temple. you got to have some skin in the game at the church that you go to. If you just sit in that white chair and you don't make any investment of your time, talent, and treasure, you're robbing God and you're a cheater. I hate to say that, but that's exactly what God said to his family and that's what families ought to say to each other. You need to make a personal investment and a sacrifice, make a personal sacrifice, not be cheap toward God and his church Not just sitting, but serving as a volunteer. Jump in and do something. Everybody can do something. Build something. Give away something. I don't care if it's cereal that we set on the coffee bar or you need a pair of shoes, we'll get you some shoes. If you ain't got clean clothes, let me get you some clothes. We got some. Do it just for me. Honor me. You've had great ambition for yourselves, but nothing's come of it. The little you have brought to my temple, I've blown away. There was nothing to it. No sacrifice. God's not going to accept just you putting a few quarters in that bucket right there and make yourself feel better and then go spend hundreds on yourself or somebody else. He's not going to let you do that. Not not to have peace. I've blown away that stuff. Why? This is the message from the God of the angel armies, Remember? Because while you've run around and caught up with taking care of your own houses, my home is in ruins. That's what's wrong with the church today. Everybody quit going. Taking care of themselves. I don't need to go to church anymore. They just want my money. God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. You've given your heart to other stuff and not God, and that was the problem. Not first time. It's all over the Bible. God loves us so much, he gave, gave us Jesus and He's still loving on us and will continue loving with us, but we should grow. That's why, because of your stinginess. Verse 10, and so I've given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. That's why your truck broke down. Yeah, mine too. I've I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills and withering gardens and orchards and stunning vegetables and fruit nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop is going to thrive. We all want to thrive and be healthy, and we should, and we can, for as long as you can live. And there's medicine and doctors and people that will help us work on that, but we have to also work on it ourselves. By getting our heart straightened out like cavities that ruin our teeth for a period of history. I'm telling you, some of us have been working overtime and too many jobs and haven't slept at all. And we're worried to death about our money in the future and who's going to get my money. And so all that stuff, we haven't yet figured out how to make God our priority and not worry about things. We We never really have honored God with our wealth and our resources and our best with our heart, and that's what's lacking. And God will love us anyway, and that's the good news, but you're never going to be better, and you're never going to rest at night, and you're never going to have peace, and you're going to be afraid the phone's going to ring every five minutes, and somebody's coming to get something, or somebody took something already, until you get your heart straight and let God straighten that out. Make God your first priority. So here's the bottom line. Going to the dentist is not cheap. Say, not cheap? Heck, yeah. A crown costs how much? A root could have, a root canals. What? you going to have to go borrow some money at the bank somewhere if you don't have dental insurance if you go to the dentist. But that's better than dying. So write this down. Being alive is going to be expensive, but being dead is real cheap. So if you want to just die, go ahead. But if you want to be healthy and alive, then you should invest in God like you invest in a dentist. And get your heart all straightened out. Say amen. Yeah. These guys are going to serve communion. I'm out of time. It's, I've tried my best to be as quick as I could. I hope this helps. God's going to help us even more. Let me read this verse as they pass you communion cups today. And man, if you're a guest here today, I hope you haven't misunderstood me. We're not interested in your money. I'm interested in your heart. That's what God's interested in. And when you get your heart straightened out, the money will come with it. Time, talent, and treasure will go to God first. It'll all be taken care of. But until you do that, you're going to struggle, and you're not going to have the peace that you're looking for that God gives to us. So until we get there, it's not over, and it's not too late, and don't go home feeling guilty. I want you to go home feeling better. And if you don't feel much better, I'll buy you lunch today and <laughs> I'll try to make you feel better because we do have grace. Nobody gets this right. We're not Jesus, but we can work on it and we should begin somewhere. All of us should begin somewhere by trying to make God our first priority with our friends, with our words, with our relationships, with men and women, and our marriage, and and with our investment of Resources for God and His church first. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes, It's not about your money, for it is by grace, not by your money and how much you give, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it's a gift that you can't earn by giving more money. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's a gift to receive God's grace. If you're not there yet, you need more Jesus. Take his bread. And ask God to help you make a little progress this week with your priorities, making God first together let me pray God we're better because we talked about it and I hope we talked about it in a way that makes sense I took it right out of the Bible but it is like dentistry and ministry and some of the things that we need are the most painful getting our teeth fixed and getting our heart fixed That can hurt a lot, but sure makes us better people, a better version of ourselves. So thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us when we put things off. May we now get started again. In Jesus' name, amen. Drop these in that basket and put your offering in the plate. And if you've got something that you want us to give away to others, put it in the jug. And we'll do this again next weekend. I'm going to wrap this up with part two. And you've got to come back next week, I promise. Next week, I'm going to tell you part two of the m-word about how you get out of debt because some of you got debt is what's holding you back you got too much debt you owe too many bills and that's why you can't be generous to other people and to god so come back we'll go to part two next week and we'll talk about learning how to live with generosity and get myself out of debt say amen All right, see you guys soon. You guys who are still here inside, we're going to sing one more song. If you want to pray, slide on down the hallway or just talk.